Okay, so I'm going to do a brief recap of the kingdom of God from where we picked to be stopped the last time. And last time we talked about a ninth truth. And that was the kingdom of God is not divided. The kingdom of God is not divided. And we were in Matthew 12. And the, the, the recount was Jesus healed a man who was demon possessed. And the demon had the man blind and had him mute. So he couldn't speak and he couldn't see. So Jesus, as I said, healed this man. And the whole account of this is where that the, the Jewish people, the rulers, they were reasoning on how Jesus was able to do what he did. They said there's no way, the only way this man can do what he did, Jesus was able to heal this man, must be by the power of the ruler of the demons. So the ruler of the demons must have given Jesus authority to heal this man. And then Jesus responded, he says, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to ruin. He said, if Satan is divided himself, his kingdom will not stand. So, to tell you, these people don't understand the intricacies of spiritual things. If a house is divided, the house wouldn't stand. If a husband and wife don't get along, there's divorce. That means that household is come apart. Kids get ripped apart. And one of the strategies I, I, I mentioned last time is a military strat, strat, strategy of dividing and conquer. If you want to destroy something, all you have to do is cause division in it. Mm-hmm. Cause division and they in, in turn would, would fight against each other and they would implode. And you just have to watch from the sidelines and watch what you, you have done you know, to get the both sides fighting against each other. They will destroy themselves. To divide and conquer. Which is to make a group of people disagree, fight with one another, so they will not join together against one. That is a strategy of Satan. Divide and conquer. So we must always be aware of what is going on in the sphere of the life that we are living in. When people are fighting, they're fighting in families. And you really, when you go back and think about what they're fighting over, sometimes it's so stupid and petty. You know, and no one wants to give ground. Nobody wants to forgive. But what it causes, it causes so much unrest and eventually you have separation in, in families. And it's the same way in the kingdom of God. The same way in the body of Christ. We are not to allow our biases, prejudices, our fleshly desires to take our focus off the things which are eternal. So that we won't get caught up in corruption. Because when you're walking in your flesh, you are walking in corruption. Because that's what the Bible talked about in the scriptures. He said, sin takes us into corruption. That's why the world is in the state of sin. Caught up in the corruption that's in this world through lust. Lust comes because our fleshly desires. We're giving in to our own desires and we don't care about the desire, what other people want. So when one person takes a stand and the other person takes the other, a different stand and nobody wants to give ground, you have problem, you have separation, division. And this is typical of what you see going on in the country today. And if we don't check ourselves, if no one is willing to give ground, this country will implode on its own self. People will never think that can happen, but it can happen. So, in, in the body of Christ, we must recognize who 
or what the true enemy is and do our best to encourage and maintain unity in the body of Christ. Now, not maintain unity at any cost because if, if, if something is wrong, you, speak, you have to speak out against it. But there are things that we can overlook because nobody in the body of Christ, as far as I know, nobody is perfect. And I know I'm not perfect. But we are to know each other, not after the flesh, but after the spirit. If you know somebody's character, we, all, we don't have it all together every day. So I might offend somebody today, but they, I hope they forgive me because historically they know my character, that I'm not the type that will purposefully offend somebody. So you have to be able to forgive that and don't hold resentment. Do you understand what I'm saying? And likewise, we, we have to have a spirit of forgiveness. So guard your heart. Don't get caught up in the hysteria that's in this world. And understand that God truly has everything under control. He is in control. No matter what you see, no matter how things look, he, God has everything under control. So that's kind of a nutshell of what we talked about the last time. So today we will cover a tenth truth, and it's, and it's called the culture of the kingdom. So this will be part one, and next week will be part two. There is a lot of material. I may have to do a separate series on the culture of the kingdom. So I'll just touch on a few things today and next week. So culture is defined as a broadly social heritage of a group, which can be an organized community or society. It is a pattern of responses discovered, developed, or invented during the group's history of handling problems which arise from interactions among its members and between them and their environment. These responses are considered the correct way to perceive, feel, think, and act and are passed on to the new members through immersion and teaching. So we, we have, you know, this world is made up of different people, different cultures. What does that mean? i just give you a simple example of a different culture. You know, the way we greet each other. So people, I'm from the Caribbean, from Trinidad and Tobago. Somebody could be from Jamaica, somebody from China, somebody from some other part of the world. We all have different cultures, different beliefs, the way we do things, the way we perceive things. There's, there are differences. But you understand, the way we react and interact culturally varies. And, you know, America is a great melting pot where you can experience, you know, some of the different cultures. But when you get to the basics of everything, we are all the same. We might look different, talk different, greet each other different, cook different. But many of the ingredients we use when we're cooking is the same. Everybody use salt. Everybody use sugar. Everybody use flour. The same. It's just the ingredients are the same, but the way we put it together is different because of our cultural differences. That's just a a simple example. So in the same way, the kingdom of God has its own culture. But that culture has nothing to do with the natural. It's a spiritual thing, but you see the manifestation of it in the natural. And this culture of the kingdom is unlike anything which has ever existed before. Our beliefs, the knowledge, 
attitudes, behaviors, the way we interact with each other and with those outside and with our environment are based on the character of our Heavenly Father, which is recorded in the Word of God. The Logos, the written Word of God, is recording who God is. And if you study the Word of God, and you want to know who God is, you have to study that Word. But that Logos gives you knowledge. It doesn't give you revelation. The Holy Spirit is the one who takes that Logos, that knowledge, and gives you revelation of who the Father is. So even though you have Logos, you have information, because Logos is information. How do you know Him? Not by what's written only, but you have to get an understanding about what's written. And that comes by the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit, when He comes, He will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all the things I have spoken to you. You see, this is the, 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 the kingdom, the culture of the kingdom. Even though there, there's knowledge, attitudes, behaviors. But these are all based on God's character revealed by the Spirit. You all got that? Okay, so I'm going to just outline some of the attributes which define the people of the kingdom of God. What the culture uh, and what these people are supposed to be like. So we who are in Christ, we represent the king who is Christ and his kingdom. Yes, we represent Christ and the kingdom of God. So when people, when we are out in the street or we are at home, wherever we are, we represent the kingdom of God. When people say they, they don't love Jesus, they see how some Christians behave. And that is a reflection because the Bible says if you are in Christ, you are an, an ambassador of Christ. That means you are a representative of the kingdom. You are a citizen of the kingdom representing the king. So what we do and what we say is a reflection on the kingdom and the king and our culture. Many of us are er erroneous because we don't know our king. We claim to know Him. But if we know Him, the way we live, our lifestyle will reflect the character of our King and of our Heavenly Father. Do you understand what I'm saying here? One of our functions is to reconcile others to God and conduct ourselves in a way that honors our King and therefore the Kingdom. We are to reconcile others to God. What? By our lifestyle. We tell them about Jesus. And if they choose to believe, they are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of, of God, of light. But if our witness is erroneous, there is no way we can reconcile others. Because our witness has no power. If we are there gossiping and cutting people down and cutting people up, what is that witness? That is not a witness of Christ. That is not who Christ is. So our witness to have power, we have to learn to die. So we are to be selfless if we are to be true ambassadors of Christ. And what, that selfless, what is that selflessness? We have to understand that we are part of a body. And each person is needed to benefit the whole. How many people are not in, 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 in a church today? 
The reason why they're not there, I mean, there's some reasons why people just can't be. But many people choose to do other things. But if you understand who you are and your, the, 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 your purpose in the body, when you are not here, you can't edify people. Because you have a gift. Our gifts, when we come together, is to edify one another. So when we go out in that world, we can function and stand firm in the faith and overcome. But if you're not here to share your gift, it's not only that you are being self, selfish because you can't, you're not sharing because your gift is not here. But you can't also benefit from the people's gift who are here. You understand? Amen. Amen. You see, when you have the understanding of what it is to gather together, when you have a true understanding of what that koinonia is, that fellowship, then people will, will, will be gathering together. Because you understand that we need each other. We need each other. This is not about me. This is not about you. This is about us. A body, one. We have to have the right conversation. What are we saying? Are we edifying or are we being critical and tearing people down? Let's turn to Titus. The book of Titus. Uh, let's go to chapter 3. Okay, verse 1. Okay. okay, it says here, Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities. It's talking about the saints. To obey, to be ready for every good work. To speak evil of no one. To be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Because it says that to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work. You hear that subject? Subject to rulers and authorities. So subject to your boss. Subject to the government. Subject. Pray. That is not, people say, you fight. You fight, you fight. But it says, be subject. Okay? And it says here, speak, verse 2, speak evil of no one. To be peaceable, gentle, showing all humi humility to all men. That means your enemies. Speak evil of no one means even your enemies. You don't speak evil of your enemies. We don't speak evil of people who rub us the wrong way. We don't speak evil of people who look at us cross-eyed or side-eyed or whatever it is. That is not easy. We are so used to giving our opinion. Okay? Because it says in verse 3 what? We ourselves were also once foolish. Because he said that type of behavior is foolish. Disobedient. Deceived. Serving what? Your various lusts and pleasures. Amen. Serving various lusts and pleasures. So that's why I said we have to have the right conversation. And that comes with discipline over time. It's not easy. Let, let, let's just be honest. Doing this is not easy. You have to have a different mind to walk this, to, to live and walk this walk. But to do that, you have to die to yourself. Another 
attribute. We walk by faith. Uh, oh, that's, a, that's another beauty. We walk by faith. And what is that walking by faith again? Dying to yourself. Being selfless. What is walking by faith? Walking by faith is not complicated. No, seriously. Walking by faith is not compli- complicated. It's not easy, but it's not complicated. Walking by faith is doing things God's way. Not your way, His way. If He said love your enemies, you do that by faith. Because in the natural, you don't really want to love your enemy. I want to kill my enemy. I want to get back at my enemy. But the Word of God says, Jesus says, love your enemies. Do good to those who spitefully use you. So what is walking by faith? Walking by faith says, okay, right now I really want to take you out. I want to cuss you out. But I'm not going to do it. Why? Because the Word of God says to love you. Do good to you. And He said, Lord, I can't do this on my own. But the Lord will give you the grace. Which is what is grace? The power to love that person. And when you make the choice to do it His way, that's walking by faith. Because what it is, you, you're not doing it your way. You take a step of faith and you go towards and showing love to that person. That's what it means to walk by faith. It's not complicated. But walking by faith takes guts. It takes courage. It's not easy. I am telling you this because I have to suck it up and do it myself. What Jesus said about the Father. He said, I always do those things that please Him. What is that? He walked by faith. You understand? That's why Jesus all could make that claim. I always do those things that please the Father. Why? He walked by faith. And when we walk by faith, there is nothing God will not do for us. Because we show that we trust Him and not our own self. That is not easy. That is dying to self. Another attribute, we work out our differences. We put up with one another. Oh my goodness. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And we start at verse 1. And I think I'll read maybe up to verse 3. Dare any of you having a matter against another. Go to law before the unrighteous. And not before the saints. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? I'm just going to stop there. He say you have a, a problem with each, with, with each other. But you go to the courts to settle your disputes. Why don't you go before the saints? And let, let the saints judge the matter. He said, because you all are going to be judging angels. You'll be judging the world. You will be, we will be judging the world. And you can't settle disputes between yourselves. That's messed up. That shows how childish the mentality of the saints were. And are. Because we can't, we, we can't, we not do, we won't do that now. Because we're afraid if we try to, to, to mediate something, we're going to get sued. But that shows you the immaturity of the people in the body of Christ. 
But we have to learn to work out our differences. We have to. We got to grow up. And not get easily offended. And that's the thing. People get so easily offended. Oh, you in my space. You this, you that. You, you look at me cross-eyed. You, people get so easily offended now. But it's not so. It's not ought to be so in the body of Christ. Another attribute. Understand the authority we have through Christ as joint heirs. Understand the authority we have as joint heirs in Christ. Let me just read this. I'm not going to ask you to turn there. Let me just turn to Romans 8. And I just want to read a little something to you real quick. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Do you hear who the sons of God are? Those who are walking in the light. They are the sons of God. For Verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with your spirit that we are children of God. Let me tell you something. When you get that witness, it is awesome. Because you don't, you don't think God loves you. You're not kind of like on the fence. You know it. You know it. You know He's your Father. And you know, you know you are loved. And you know, no matter how much you mess up, you know when you love your parents and you disappoint them? How you, I used to feel real bad. I used to get upset. Because I disobeyed them and I did something. I don't think, I think it's the anticipation of getting a whooping. I don't know which was worse, disappointing them or the anticipation of getting beaten, getting a whooping. But just the fact that you disappointed them. You know, because you love them. But because of my stubbornness as a child, I want to do my own thing. But you see, I always knew, in spite of everything, in spite of getting my whooping or getting, you know, whatever it is, punishment. At the moment, I didn't think they loved me. But as you get older, you kind of know, you know, they really love me. They really love me. And it's the same thing with the Heavenly Father. When the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit, you know you mess up. You ask for forgiveness, but you feel so terrible because of what you have done. But then you know He forgives you. You know He loves you. And the way you know you are a son is you don't walk around with a guilt complex all the time. You walk around in a liberty. I don't know if you all understand what I'm saying. You're not worrying about... You're walking around in a, in a freedom. Knowing that you're loved. Knowing that you're a son. You don't have a guilt complex. If I do this. If I do that. You just live in the liberty that we have as children of God in Christ. That's a different kind of walk. So it says here. The spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. 
heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him. You see, we forget that part. <laughs> now, if you are a child, you are an heir. And a joint heir with Christ. An heir has an inheritance. Okay? An heir has an inheritance. So if you are a joint heir with Christ, whatever Jesus inherits, we have a, we also inherit the same thing. But it says here, we are joint heirs with Christ if we suffer with Him. What does that suffer mean? That we may also be glorified together. If we suffer, what does that suffer? What did Jesus do? Jesus died to Himself. He did the will of the Father, not His own will. So that's why I said we have to be selfless and be about doing our Father's business. And what does that selflessness mean? It means we have, for example, you have a gift. You're part of a body. You have a gift to be given to the body, to edify the body. You give the gift not because you want to be, you know, some recognized or somebody of importance. You give the gift because that's what the Holy Spirit gave to you. And that gift, you're using it because you love your brethren. You love the body. So you give the gift. You put aside your desires. Yeah, I might have a gift for singing. I might be able to sing. But the calling is not to sing. The calling might be to preach. I'm just using that as an example. So I put aside my desire to be in the limelight to sing. And I preach. Wherever it is. Do you understand? You have a gift in the body. I might like, you might like to sing. But you, you might have a terrible voice. But you want to be in the limelight singing a solo. But I didn't call you to do that. I gave you a gift to greet somebody. Why I gave whatever the gift is. So you humble yourself and you apply the gift that you're given. And you put aside your desires to want to stand in the in the limelight. But if you want to be in the limelight, what did the Bible say? Humble yourself and the Lord said, I will exalt you in due season. So when you give yourself to the gift, the Lord will, would, 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 he would elevate you in whatever status, status He desires to elevate you. Not what you have in your fantasies of your own mind. Let me just touch on this one thing. Jesus is building His church. Do you understand? By the Spirit. We are not building it. I'm not building it. I am a vessel being used to build his body. But he said he is building his church. I just have to get in line with what he's called me to do. As we all do. So I can't get it twisted thinking this is all about me. This is my gift. This is my ministry. My, my, my. No. Humble yourself. Because anything that I can do or you can do of any eternal significance is by the grace of God and by the spirit of God. Not me. Or not you. So he's building it. So our part is to obey the Holy Spirit. Each member has a ministry gift. And all gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. We ought to embrace our gifting. Okay. Because it's necessary to profit the whole. It is not about me. It's about the whole. It is not about you. It's about the whole. If there's one thing you rem- got to remember, it's not about me, it's about the whole. There are different gifts, 
their different ministries, their different activities, all by the same Spirit. And the scripture for that is 1 Corinthians 12, around verse 4. There are different gifts, different ministries, activities by the same Spirit. All serving the same Lord, all serving the same God by the same Spirit. But each is to benefit the whole. 